So, First Samuel verse twenty-seven says, "For this child I pray." Hope I hope you know the story of Samuel and of his mother and of his father. I'm afraid we're living in a generation where people don't know the Bible. We're living in a in a day where people, some people know what they believe, and some don't have any idea. And the ones that know what they believe, oft times can't go back to Scripture to show you why they believe what they believe. But I believe you need to teach your children. I believe that's why Sunday school is important. They need to know about God's Word. And I appreciate the fact that that the King James Version Bible is the one we use at Dutch Bottoms. I believe that's the only one you need. And you might say, well, preacher, I can't understand it. James chapter 1 says, Let any man that lack wisdom ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. Now, I'm not here to tell you I understand every jot and tittle of God's Word. I'm not an expert. I'm just a little old ignorant preacher boy that the Lord called. And if He called me, He can preach me. And I have faith in Him. And it says, I believe over in the New Testament, and I'm just going to talk for a minute. It says over in the New Testament to go without cloak or without script. I do believe that a, a, a preacher needs to study. I'm going to go farther than that. Can you hear me? I'm going to say you need study. Because you need to know the difference. I'm going to try my best to preach the King James Version Bible. But you need to know the difference. So that if I preach something that's not the Word of God, or if any other man preaches something that's not the Word of God, just because it's me, don't believe it. And I love Johnny and I love Gary, but just because it's them, don't believe it. Open your Bible and read it. And study God's Word. Actually, I preached a message one time a few years ago, and the text was study, there's going to be a test. You'll be tested. And if your heart and your life is not centered in God's Word, how'd you do when you didn't study for a test? Not too well, did you? If you don't study for life's test, and what do you study? You study the good old King James Version Bible. That'll help you to pass the test when the testing time comes. And so in this scripture that Cana read in your hearing, it came time for a young lady to take a test. Her name was Hannah. And Hannah was married, and her husband had another wife, and she had many children, Paneah. She had many children, and, and Elkanah... The husband gave Paneah and her children a portion. And it says about Hannah that he gave her a worthy portion. But her heart was grieved because her womb was barren. And she couldn't have any children. Now, in Bible school, and you pray for me for a few minutes. I'm just going to try to, try to step out on faith until I can get to it. In Bible school, we had four saved, if I'm not mistaken. That should put you on shouting ground, Dutch Bottoms. 
Do you know there are churches that it's been years since they've seen anybody saved? Their womb is barren. They've not had a child in ages. We ought to be rejoicing because the Lord gave us children at Dutch Bottoms. For this child, I have prayed. Now we can read all through the Bible. We read about Abraham and Sarah and how they prayed. And according to nature, <coughs> according to the time of life, Sarah was beyond the childbearing years. But the Lord promised Abraham and his seed would be as the sand of the sea. And I don't know how many, I think it was 58, was here this morning, something like that, or maybe one or two more. Here are all the grains. Were all the grains of sand that Abraham saw. Were all the stars in the sky that Abraham saw. God promised him his seed would be as the sand of the sea or as the stars of the sky. And here we sit, Abraham's seed this morning. Part of the generation of Abraham because we trusted in his God and he had faith in his God. And Abraham was a hundred years old whenever Isaac was born. But they prayed for the child, didn't they? Even to the point where Sarah doubted a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. The angel came to him down in the plains of Mamre and Abraham told Sarah to go and fix, some, fix three kegs. And so he sent a young lad to get the calf and then the butter and the milk. And Sarah was in the tent. And when she heard the angels say that she was going to conceive and bring forth a child, she laughed within herself. You may think that something's impossible, but when you pray with God, all things are possible. Amen. For this child, I have prayed. Abraham and Sarah prayed for a child. And at the time of life, as the angel had told Abraham and Sarah, she conceived and brought forth the child Isaac. Let's move on. Do you want to? Let's talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They, were, they couldn't have a child, and so they prayed. And we first read about their child whenever that Mary goes down to visit Elizabeth in Luke chapter 2. And whenever Mary stepped into the house... And she spoke to Elizabeth, this child that, Ze that Zechariah and Elizabeth couldn't conceive, this child that men said it's too late, it's impossible, this child that they prayed for and Zechariah doubted. And so the Lord sealed his lips where he couldn't speak until the day the child was born. This child, whenever Mary stepped into the house and its mother heard Mary speak, leaped in its mother's womb full of the Holy Ghost from its mother's womb. How could that be? Because with God, all things are possible. And if God says it, it's so. For this child, I have prayed. So here we are. And I won't be too long before you today. I know we've got a lot to take care of. Here we are. Back to Hannah and Panea and Elkanah. And they'd go down to the church and they'd offer their sacrifices every year. Now listen, we're all full of faults. Did you know that? But let's give Elkanah credit. 
he took his family to the house of the Lord. Yeah. Men, I know it's you, Sunday. I know our song leader took a back seat so the young person could lead singing. Our Sunday school teacher may back in the back may have taken a back seat so that the young person could teach the Sunday school. Our elder man took a back seat so that the young men could take up the offering. I'm going to preach to the older men for just a thought. Is that all right? Take your family to church. Amen. Yeah. 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 Amen. Don't depend. Your... Boy, Satan's fighting me on this. Don't depend on your wife to take your children to church. Get up. Get up. Clean up. Put your church clothes on and be an example in front of your children to teach them that it is important to be in the house of the Lord. Teach them that God comes first in your life regardless of what's coming on. You shouldn't say things like that, preacher. You didn't elect me to tell you how good you're living. And I'm not throwing that at anybody, Bobby. God knows. I'm telling you, if you want to see your children saved, bring them to church. All right. Elkanah did that much, didn't he? He took his family to church. I believe he must have placed an emphasis on it. He must have taught them that church was very, very important. And whenever the, the Lord gave me this little scripture, I never thought about preaching on Elkanah, but here I am preaching to you about Samuel's father, Elkanah. He brought his family to church. I believe he brought the whole crew. He didn't go by himself. He brought his wife with him. I believe he brought the whole crew. It wasn't just him and his wife and they left the kids at home. He brought himself, his wife, and his children down to the house of the Lord. Now I understand we have sickness, we have things we have to take care of, but I believe you need to make the house of the Lord your routine. Uh, uh, every Sunday thing, I believe, yeah, the Bible says, family not this, uh, why am I preaching this? Family not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And there's a little excerpt in there I left out. Let me go back and cover that. Family not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Is that not King James Version Bible? Amen. Now let's go on. But exhorting, well, preacher, I've got this and that and the other day. Well, preacher, I just don't feel the greatest. Well, preacher, now listen, I want to tell you this. If you're a member at Dutch Bottoms Baptist Church, you have come under covenant to be here when the doors are open. And this is the part I know, well, preacher, I know we need to gather together. We've got more of an obligation than that, just to gather together. The verse says, but exhorting, one another, when I, when I as your pastor see your face, it makes me smile on the inside because I know you've come one more time to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. There may be somebody here taking their last step. There may be somebody here just as low down and in the valley as they can be, and your smile is what keeps them going on. 
Your encouraging word helps them just a little while. Now, I know it's you Sunday. So let's get back to the text. And Lord knows why I had to preach that, but that's what came out. So, For this child, I have prayed. I could ask John to pray for my children. I believe he'd try his best to. I could ask Marty to pray for my children. I believe he'd try his best to. I could ask Juanita. I could ask Peggy to pray for my children. I believe they'd try their best to. But you know who needs to pray the first prayer? Right here. Me. And my wife. See, when the Lord gives you children... He lays a responsibility on you. And I appreciate Chuck and, and Hardy and people that do the job that they do because they have to intervene sometimes whenever parents don't take responsibility. They have to intervene sometimes when parents don't have the child's best interest at heart. When the Lord honors you, I will say that. How's that? Is that a, is that a good enough statement for parenthood? When the Lord honors you by placing a child in your life, He has some expectations. He has some expectations of you, and those expectations are that you will seek the salvation of that child. For this child, I have prayed. So Hannah sees Paneah and her children and goes to church with them. And she sees them. I, it's just this conjecture on my part. She sees how the people smile at Paneah's children. She sees how they pat them on the back. She sees how they love those children up. And Hannah's heart is broken because she thinks she'll never have a child. And I feel for Hannah. I do. And so we read, if you read back up earlier in the chapter, Hannah's now there, it's near the temple, near the church. She's off to herself. And she's praying. And just to look at her, you wouldn't think that's what was going on. I've seen I don't know why I have to say this. It's not the loudest prayer that's the best prayer. As a matter of fact, and I've seen, and I think... A lot of times young Christians, young preachers, they think that if people can't hear them pray, then God must not be able to hear them pray. It's not what comes out your mouth that matters anyway. It's what comes from your heart. Yeah. Let me give you scripture for that. Just in case you doubt what I'm telling you here. He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart. That's who he's close to. If I'm saying a multitude of words and Robert Reed can hear me from the front to the back without a microphone, 
That doesn't mean God can hear me. If it doesn't come from a broken heart and it's a sincere desire and not for me, but that somebody else would benefit. I believe that I mentioned the other day about, about <clears throat> faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. Charity is wanting to see somebody else do well. Charity is wanting to see somebody else benefit. When you love somebody enough, do you want to see them benefit rather than yourself? That's the true love of God. Oftentimes, young couples want that Scripture read. Y'all may have performed weddings, I don't know. Oftentimes, people want that Scripture read. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In the wedding, the love of God is charity. There's a difference between marital love There's a difference between the love of a parent and a child and charity. Charity is when you want to love somebody else enough that you want to see them prosper regardless of how you're doing. All right. For this child, I have prayed. And now we see Hannah heartbroken, tears running down her face. Her lips are moving, but no sound is coming out at all. I think we've got a misconception about what prior is in our land and country. Now, next weekend, football stadiums will be full everywhere. And before the game... If you've ever been to one, you know what I'm talking about. They'll have somebody stand up, go to a microphone, and say a prayer. That's all well and good. But I would rather have these little boys and girls somewhere in a closet saying, Help preacher Mike. Than I would to hear the most eloquent words ever spoken at Nayland Stadium. I'm telling you what a prior is. A prior is the sincere desire of the heart. Prior comes whenever somebody cares. All right. Hannah cared. Her heart was broken. I'm trying my best to move right along. We see her sitting there, tears streaming down her face. Her mouth is moving. Have you ever just got to your wits end? And you couldn't go any farther. You just crawled off somewhere, had a talk with the Lord and tried to pour your heart out to the Lord. Well, uh, well, there's the priest Eli, and he sees Hannah praying. But he doesn't realize the prayer. And why does he not realize that Hannah is praying? Read chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, and you'll know why. If you read chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, it says, Ere the light in the temple grew dim, for there was no open vision. Why was that? We may think that Eli's eyes were not good. We may think that his natural vision was bad. His spiritual vision was lacking. Why was that? Because his sons sinned. Because they abused the office of a priest. Because they took advantage of the children of God. And God was fed up with it. That's why Eli couldn't see very well. His spiritual vision was dim.
So he sees Hannah praying and he approaches her and he accuses her of being drunk. But Hannah tells him that her heart is broken. And when Eli finds out what she's praying for, he says, go thy way, for in a certain season you will conceive and bring forth. And she went her way and did eat. And Elkanah came in and knew her and she conceived and brought forth a son. And she called his name Samuel because the Lord had given him to her. Now listen, and I, I appreciate what the Scripture said that Cana read. And this is what the prayer was. Before we get to the birth of the child, let's talk about the prayer for just a minute. Parent, if I said, would you like your child to be a millionaire, everybody raise your hand. If I said, would you like your child, everybody to know their name, some of you would raise your hand. But if I said, would you like for your child to be a soldier for the Lord, would you raise your hand then? Now listen, it's not all easy. There's some suffering involved. Most parents wouldn't agree to their child experience suffering, would they? But Jesus said, unless you suffer with me, if you suffer with me, you shall also reign with me. There's some sacrifice to be done. You boys pray for this to me. Hannah prayed, and she said, Lord, if you'll give me a man child, I'll give him to you. I'll lend him to you the rest of his life, and a razor shall never touch his head. What does that mean? That means he was going to be dedicated, and I'm not talking about having a little ceremony, and you promising that you'll raise that child in the house of the Lord. I'm talking about from day one of Samuel's life until the day Samuel's mother Hannah passed away, she saw to it that, that, that Samuel lived right. She saw to it that Samuel was totally dedicated to the Lord every day of his life. If you study the life of the Nazarite, part of the, part of the, uh, of the way of the Nazarite was that a razor wouldn't touch their head. Part of the way of the Nazarite was that they'd not take any strong drink. Part of the way of the Nazarite was that they wouldn't eat anything that they weren't supposed to eat. I'm here to tell you today, if we would dedicate our children to the Lord and leave an example in front of them by living right ourselves, this world would be a much better place. If you'll give me a man child, I'll lend him to you the rest of his days. If you want your child to be a leader in the church when they get old, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is older, he's not a partner. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he be called? How shall he be called without he be sent? Behold, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of great things. Who knows? They might be a preacher that God's going to call right out of Dutch bottoms one of these days. If you listen to the broadcast Thursday, you heard Zane Stewart. He was here for our 100-year celebration. 
preacher called right out of Dutch Bob's. Pastors of church up on the other side of Newport over toward Pirtsville. You come next Sunday morning, you'll hear Brother Jimmy Williams. A preacher called right out of Dutch Bottoms. Pastors just up the road at Ray's Chapel. I don't know when the Lord's going to come back, Marty. But if it's not today, if it's not tomorrow, if it's whenever my life is over and they put me in the ground somewhere, somebody's going to need to preach God's Word and God may have yet another to come right out of Dutch Bottoms. All right. She prayed. She said she'd lend him to the Lord. And when the child was born, when he was weaned, she brought him to the tabernacle. They presented Eli with some gifts. They presented him with the child. For this child, I have prayed. She prayed for a child. God answered her prayers. Let's see how the child turned out. Do you want to? The child was just a young child and Eli had him to lay down at night time. He was there to go to sleep. And he didn't know the Lord. But his mom and daddy thought enough of the Lord to bring him to church. <laughs> this is what happens when you bring your child to church. The Lord will come call. Samuel lay there just a minute. He heard a voice. Cry, Samuel, Samuel. And he got up. And he ran to Eli and he said, you called? He said, I called not. Go back and lay down. And Samuel went back and laid down and he heard the voice again crying, Samuel, Samuel. Now listen, young folks. When you hear the voice, do what Samuel did. Answer. If you hear the voice, it may not be, it won't be with these ears, but it'll be in here. He'll come knocking and when the Lord calls, my advice to you is to answer him. Samuel got up. He said, you call me. And Eli said, I called thee not. And he had to do it. Listen. If Eli had had his spiritual vision, he'd have known what it was the first time Samuel come calling. We need to be very careful and keep our eyes open because the Lord is still calling sinners to repentance at Dutch bottom. And on the third time, Eli realized it must be the Lord. So he told Samuel, the next time you hear that voice, just say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth." And Samuel did. And the Lord told the child Samuel about the fall of Eli at his house. It was something that made all the ears in Israel tingle. Let's go on and see how Samuel turned out. Do you want to? Samuel became the last judge for the children of Israel. Samuel anointed the first king, Saul. And before I get to Saul's anointing, let me tell you about Saul's conversion. Saul met with Samuel Samuel took the oil and anointed him to be the king. And this is what he told him. He said, whenever you go back to your father's house, you'll meet some prophets. And they'll prophesy. You know what happened when he met the prophets and they prophesied? The Spirit of the Lord fell on Samuel. 
And the Lord changed his heart. Does that not sound like salvation? The Lord changed his heart. Listen. Just because you're a member at Dutch Bottoms does not mean you're saved. Preacher, you shouldn't make statements like that. I'm not judging. It's not up to me. I can, I can look at the evidence. I've heard Bobby Parker sing many a times. I've seen tears roll down his face. I've heard his voice tremble. I've seen the Spirit on him. But salvation is between him and the Lord. I've heard Lisa's testimony of salvation. I've seen tears roll down her face. I've heard her voice tremble. I've seen God all over her. But salvation is between Lisa and the Lord. If you want to be saved, it's between you and the Lord and nobody else. Don't depend on me. I cannot tell you you're saved. Here's what you can depend on. You can depend on a godly mom and dad praying, please save my child. I'm sure these folks prayed this a few years ago. You can count on your good friends at church. Pray, pray, please save that child. For this child I have prayed. Marty's boy and girl are grown. They don't attend here any longer. But I'll guarantee you he's prayed for your child. Somewhere when his heart was broken, he crawled off and said, God, please save that little boy. Please save that little girl down at Dutch Bottoms. I'm sure in the still of the day and Roger just by himself somewhere, he'd get to thinking about church and thinking about the Lord. And he'd say, Lord, please save them little boys and girls in my Sunday school class. I'd love for you to come by and just save, would you? For this child, I have prayed. Children, this church is praying for you. Children, this church is praying. How did Samuel turn out? He anointed the first king Saul to be king over Israel was a, was a big influence in his salvation. And then when Saul rejected the Lord and turned his back on him, whenever he jumped the gun instead of waiting on the Lord, and the Lord rejected Saul from being king, Samuel had enough backbone to where he told Saul face to face that the Lord had rejected him. And although Samuel repented, God appointed David to be the king of Israel instead. And Samuel went down and anointed David to be king as well. Here's what happened because a mama prayed. This is what the Bible says about this man, Samuel. He never let the words of the Lord fall to the ground. There is not a parent that doesn't want to see their child succeed in life. You don't want to see your child struggle. You don't want to see them have their heart broken. You don't want to see them face things. And let me just say this, teenager. You may think mom and dad's a little hard on you. Just wait till you get a hold of life. Just wait till you get out from under mom and dad's influence and life lays its hands on you. I heard a good message this morning from Brother Doug Messer. And he quoted a scripture, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. That's you. Satan's got you in the crosshairs. Satan's looking at you. 
And I, Doug preached, and I'm not going to re-preach his message, but he made this statement. He's not going to be satisfied until he has done completely away with you. That's right. He's not going to be satisfied until he's killed every bit of influence you have, until he's made you a public fool in front of everybody you know until he's completely tore your life all to pieces, tore your home apart, tore your church apart. I've seen him, Marvin. I've seen him, Marty. I've seen him go in in people's lives and wreak havoc and destroy homes that were strong in the Lord. I've seen him go in and tear up churches and do away with what spirit they had. And it took them years to get back on their feet. I've seen Satan work and you're not special. He's coming for you as well. I feel sorry for our young folks and the things they have to face in 2021. In 1984, when I was a senior in high school, the only drugs you heard about in this part of the country was pot. And now there's everything. You can probably find 13 and 14 year olds hooked on cocaine, heroin, you name it. Opioids. Opioids have eat our country alive. I feel sorry for them. In 1984, when I was a senior in high school, we had three channels. And one of them was fuzzy, and you had to get out and turn the antenna just right to see it. Now we got 500 channels, and 499 of them's got filth on them. And Hollywood is trying its best to get us to accept sin and to celebrate it. Why, I never thought about stuff like that whenever I was 17, 18 year old. But it's everywhere our children turn in this day and age. This world has got them eat up with it and tell them that it's okay. Is it okay? The Bible said that He was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and He changed not. Does that mean I'm supposed to shame and point, people, point my finger at people? No, because their sin is their sin, and my sin is my sin. And when I point the finger at them, these three are pointing back at me. I tell you what we're supposed to do as God's people. We're supposed to love them. People want to talk about everything in this day and age except... The love of God. You know why? Because of iniquity, the love of many shall wax cold. For this child, I have prayed. Now, people like me in the congregation this morning, people with this color in your hair, would you agree with me that the world is a worse place than it was whenever you were your child's age? Would you agree with me that the world is a worse place now than it, than it was whenever you were just a kid? Alright, so this is what I want to do. You may think this is foolish. And I'm trying my best to hurry right along. I want all our young people to come on up here. Every one of them. I'm not going to make you sing. I'm not going to make you say anything. I want them all to come on up. You don't have to do a thing. Just come up here and stand. 
Come on up. Now, guys, Satan will tell you nobody cares. Do you love these people? Amen. For this child I have prayed. Are you going to pray for these young folks? Amen. We got to do better than that. Come on up here. Here's Jared. Are you going to pray for Jared? Amen. Here's Kevin. I love Kevin. Are you going to pray for Kevin? Here's Jacob. You love Jacob? Are you going to pray for Jacob? How about my friend right here, Sina? She's my friend. I hope she prays for me. Because I sure do need it. Are you going to pray for Sina? Here's my Bible reader right here. This is Tata. You love her? Are you going to pray for Tata Ellis? Here's my friend right here. I never will forget the day when the Lord saved her soul. Are you going to pray for her? Amen. Amen. How about Ethan right here? You know what Satan would like to just tell you all the pieces? He's going to need your prayers. Are you going to pray for him? Amen. Here's my friend Tavia. I love this boy. Satan would love to just drag him through the mud. He's going to need your prayers. I'm going, to you, I'm going to ask you a special question right here. How have you prayed for it? Amen. Are you going to pray some more for it? Amen. I love you, son. Here's Jenna. She's my friend. I appreciate you. know what? She was going to do a different job here in Sunday school this morning, but she was needed somewhere else. She didn't complain. She didn't ask why. She didn't, she didn't question. She just went and did and I appreciate a willing Christian, don't you? Amen. Are you going to pray for Jenna? Here's my buddy Nick. I love Nick. Satan would love to just turn his life all to pieces. He's going to need your prayer. And I want you to know, Nick, you've always got somebody praying for you right here at church. You're going to pray for Nick. Here's my girl. She knows her Ten Commandments. And Kaylee, I hope you know this. I hope you know that all these people call your name whenever they get down to pray. You going to pray for Kaylee? Amen. Do you love these folks? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to try you out. It's one thing to say it. It's another to do it. Y'all just come step right up on the stage right up there. You said you would pray for them. Come on. You don't have to lay your hands on or nothing. I'm just calling for altar prayer. I'm calling for you to pray for these boys and girls. This is, you will say this is the church of tomorrow. I beg to differ. Dutch Mothers, what would we do without them today?
Y'all just come on up. There's plenty of room. We can spread around the piano. We can spread around over here. You can come up on the stage, whatever you'd like to do. <coughs> Brother Roger, it's you, Sunday. You know these boys and girls really well. I want you to lead us in prayer. And you all can pray too. Dear Lord, as we come to you, God, this morning, we thank you for this day, God, for your mercy and grace.